Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, we did not. We're not watching it. How do you watch the Super Bowl after watching the movie we watched are last you night? Talking, are you talking about Big Fur? Oh, yeah, Big Fur. <laughs> that movie was crazy. Basically, it's a documentary about a taxidermist. Is that what they are called? Yeah, taxidermist. Who recreates a Sasquatch. Yeah, he um, is world-renowned. Uh, I don't remember his name. Really good. Ken. Yeah. We met him, kind of. We saw him. I got to ask him a question True. about how advanced he thinks Sasquatch society is. Based on if they poop in their nests. Well, that part of the movie was very confusing. <laughs> no, it was it was great. It was a really, yeah. really good movie. Although, okay, here's my stance on Bigfoot. I feel like on my weird shit that could possibly be real hierarchy, it would go aliens, ghosts, Sasquatch. Um, That's literally, it's really a dude in a suit. Like this footage from the 1960s. It's I a don't fucking, know. It's a dude. What about suit. the heft of the breast? Oh Anna? my god! Yeah, where he's just talking. Oh that was a pretty god. choice quote from one of the Bigfoot experts. who's <laughs> talking about the the sort of swing of the breasts as this female Sasquatch. Yeah, is where walking. you're like, I just like, I'm not gonna say that I don't think that there's a possibility that they, that they exist, but I'm I feel like they probably don't. I would put I would put Bigfoot above aliens for sure. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. We, no way, are you, no, no, there are 100% aliens, for sure. Like, the if you're talking about, like, microscopic, there's so much dark matter out there, like, we don't know what's out there, we don't know what fucking if, exists. If you're talking about, like, microscopic life forms on another planet, sure, probably. Ugh. But if you're talking about, like, uh, Roswell aliens, eh, maybe. Mm, I think that they're out there. I think I gotta go, I think Sasquatch is more likely, because it's just a variation of animals it's just like it's just a kind of ape you know what i mean or theoretically but then it's like why haven't we found out there's a theory that they're they're telepathic they communicate telepathically and they can kind of move in and out of our dimension and so oh actually i could be here for that i've never heard that theory before but i'm into that but i'm i'm always here for interdimensional parallel universe bullshit so anyway yeah this week we read thor Thor, Mighty Avenger, written by Roger Langridge, drawn by Chris Somney, with colors by Matt Wilson. Not Matt Hollingsworth. Which brings up the other question. Why did we waste our time with this bullshit miniseries? Well, it's a well-regarded run. It was kind of one of those things where it's like people liked it, but it didn't necessarily, it wasn't a blockbuster in sales. Mm -hmm. And it got canceled. Originally, I think there were 12 issues planned, and it got canceled around issue 8. Mm. came out in 2010 i liked it when i read it i really liked the writer uh roger langridge so i i definitely that sort of skewed my my opinion um it's enjoyable i really like the artist chris somni honestly a decade later it, it doesn't hold up as much as i thought but it, i felt like it, it's a nice it's a continuity free retelling of thor's origin story and i just felt like sometimes you get so bogged down in continuity that Things are not fun to read, and this was a kind of lighter read. Mm. Okay. You want to summarize it? Basically, Thor awakens on Earth as a sort of, like, vagrant with no real memories or sort of half memories. He doesn't know how he got there or why he's on Earth. He doesn't have his hammer. He meets uh, Jane, who is a museum curator, and he is drawn to the Norse Mythology Museum, breaks one of the urns, and it reveals his hammer, which sort of gives him his power back. So he and Jane kind of hit it off, even though he really fucks up her workplace. Yeah. And essentially, this book is kind of a 
who's who of the Marvel Universe is kind of like Thor, a young Thor, kind of meeting all these iconic heroes for the first time and learning slowly like why he was exiled although that doesn't really pay off because the series was canceled before yeah womp womp yeah you never really get that payoff at the end but that's essentially it and it's really more of a romance comic than a yeah than a like, superhero story the sort of like overarching plot the entire time is that you know thor is kind of trying to figure out why his father odin right yeah, yeah has sent him to why he like banished him to earth and you know while he's trying to figure that out just other shit's also happening there just a ton of side plots dude this comic was all over the fucking place i mean maybe i'm giving away my rating like way too early but it was just like i was like what is even happening here like at one point they're in fucking camelot i was like what uh so that was um that was and then also the submariner I was like, what are we, what is this? Where are we? Why are we here? So the Camelot thing, that was a free uh, comic book day giveaway. That was just a promotional And com- it felt like it. It 100% felt like a free bullshit comic. It's strange. I am, I'm trying to figure out, it sucks because they haven't said a lot about where this series was going to go. The artist and writer both kind of mum about what was going to happen. So yeah. it's hard to say whether that comic at the end was just like, kind of like, hey, there's a new Captain America movie coming out. So... Here's yeah. a free comic day. I mean, that's or, definitely what that felt like. But it had a few elements that kind of tied into the main story, so... I mean, was... kind of. Like, I mean, I love it. Anytime Loki shows up, I'm here for that. Ooh, like, Loki. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for that. Like, he's... <laughs> Did you like any parts of it? Um, no. Nothing? Nothing. Wow. I uh, just, like, I felt... Here's... Oh, yeah. And just, like... So, my rating for this would probably be, like, mm, C-. Okay, I will give it a C plus. Okay. Um, I, I really liked it when it first came out, and it's like now I'm wondering, I'm like, was I just caught up in the hype, or maybe I've read it too many times and it, it, I sort of knew what was coming and knew that it doesn't really pay off, so I kind of like I don't know. I mean, like the art is good, and like that's one of the things that sort of drew me in when you first proposed this comic. I was like, oh, the art's kind of cool, like I'm into it. Um, and we'll definitely talk about the artist like a little bit later, but like. I think overall, I just felt like, I mean, yeah, to your point, it is kind of focused on the relationship between Jane and Thor, and I just feel like Jane is just a fucking boring character. She has no depth, like, there's nothing really going on with her. She also kind of fell into this weird trope that I feel like is, like, maybe it's just fresh on my mind, because, um, you know what I kept thinking of, like, this entire book, or at least the first part of it? Netflix released a delightful you read my (laughs) mind i was waiting to bring that up netflix released a holiday movie some of you may be familiar with it it's called a night k-n-i-g-h-t before christmas yes in which nothing makes sense it's an hour and a half long ad for alexa yeah yeah (laughs) and it's like there's this weird trope where it's kind of like a man from another time falls through the parallel universes and lands in our time and mysteriously meets this young woman who doesn't question anything about him, even though he seems insane. She's like, oh my gosh, this charming homeless man. Like, it's just Come like... Come live uh, with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's another thing. It's like, first of all, like, no one in the town is, like, weirded out by him except for her, her like, ex-boyfriend, rightly so, where he's just kind of like hey, this seems weird. And she's like, no, it's fine. And she's like, I'm going to invite this man. Okay, ladies, no, never 
never do this. Like, do not invite strange homeless men to your house. Who are these women? And this is not even like a new trope. I was actually thinking about this the other day with, um, do you remember that movie Kate and Leopold? No. With Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan? I know that it came out. I've never seen it. Okay, basically it's the same premise where it's like this guy, he like falls um, into modern day New York and he comes from, I think like sort of the mid to late 1800s or even maybe the early 1900s. And she falls in love with him. And like, I just love how like these time traveling men are neither sexist nor are they racist, where it's just kind of like, we're just not going to address that. Also, they like would smell terrible. Like no one's talking about that. Anyway, this book, Thor, Mighty Avenger, was essentially like Marvel's take on Netflix's A Night Before Christmas. Except it predates it. Nope, I'm going to stick with that. I'm sticking with that 100%. That's the only thing that I could think about when I was reading this. I definitely caught those vibes, and I also, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it as much as I was like, because I remember how much shit we gave that movie. We're like, who does this? Who invites a crazy person into their home? Like, blah, blah, blah. The thing that I kept getting hung up on was that someone was paid to write that. I was like, someone made money doing this. An entire production crew was gathered to make that movie. Much like this comic, where it's like... No, you can't... Okay, it wasn't... C minus, Justin. Yeah, but a C minus is like... It's not, you're talking about like it's an F book. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to talk about how like no one deserves to get paid on this book, then give it an F rating, but don't give it a C minus and then be like, they should be burned at the stake. All right, like, yes. Maybe I am letting my feelings about A Night Before Christmas sort of like feed, yeah. feed over into Thor Mighty Avengers. Also, you enjoyed that movie. Like we both did. What are you talking, I mean, I hate watching yeah, it. I'm not going to say that I enjoyed it, it. No. Don't misrepresent my no. watching of this movie. Okay. I enjoyed that movie. I can recognize that it's a bad movie. Did but you I really enjoy it. it? Yeah, it was really funny. To did sit- you enjoy it or did you enjoy the drinking game that we played while watching it? Because uh, those are two separate things. <laughs> I like this book. I definitely felt like I, I'm kind of with you where it feels a little bit eclectic. Uh, it feels like there's some weird stuff thrown in there for no reason, kind yeah. of. Like the whole Captain Britain thing is clearly just because the writer Roger Langridge had been working on a Captain Britain series that got canceled before it ever took Uh, off. And so I think he just kind of wanted to shoehorn some... That's just kind of what this comic felt like. It felt like the, like, wayward home for recycled comics. Truly, like, the only thing that saved it was that the art was sometimes good. I think the art was really good across the board. Um, I felt like Jane, to match her one-dimensional personality, was also drawn really, like... Blah, Lee. I definitely think she had a blah personality. I don't think she was drawn blah, Lee. <laughs> Let's see. I really liked the scene with the Warriors 3 where they're kind of taking him out, carousing a night on the town. You get to see some friend dynamics. I really liked the scene where he's talking to the Submariner, sort of about the responsibilities of like being royalty and like mm-hmm. too much pride, like try to be humble, try to, like, because that's Thor's whole lesson on Earth is. He's basically being banished to Earth to learn humility. Yeah. And so the Submariner is a famously prideful, arrogant asshole. So it was kind of nice to see, like, two characters who are more similar than they think they are kind of, like, learning from each other. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked that Dr. Jekyll and Miss, or oh, Mr. Mr. Hyde. Oh, Mr. Hyde, yeah. He's a classic Thor villain from back in the day. I thought that he was going to play, like, a much bigger role. Yeah. And I kind of wish he had. I feel like Thor is, and he's always kind of seemed like this to me, he's sort of an unlikely superhero. He's a mythological figure. He's like a Norse god. And so I could kind of see 
where they would bring in Mr. Hyde because it's like, oh, he is a fictional character. He belongs in like another fictional universe. Well, he's not Mr. Hyde from the books. He's he's a scientist named Calvin Calvin Zabo. I mean, kind of, but it's like it was close enough that I just assumed yeah. that that's basically what that was. I think Calvin Zabo is pretty thoroughly a douchebag, though. I don't think he's a good person. Yeah. So, mm. um, I don't know. I'm with you where the story felt kind of... I just feel like everybody was sort of muted and, like, everybody just got along a little too easily. Where yeah. it was like, And it's like, I don't know, Thor is supposed to be... They sort of hammer home this point that he's supposed to be on Earth learning humility, which is a huge part of, like, the Thor story. That's just a common recurring theme. Yeah. But, like, he was never really that... Like, you never saw his arrogance, like, truly do anything terrible. I think because they, try- they were trying too hard to make him likable. Yeah. And then so it's like, I get why he's being nice to Jane. It's like, I, I don't know. They-, they sort of talk about, like, oh, you know, like, he's, you know, he's being really cool with this human. Like, maybe he's learning. It's like, no, he's just horny. Yeah. Like, he's it's just, like, like, this is like, he's trying to impress Well, they also his... mentioned that, too, where they're like, they don't know that they're in love. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is so bad. Like, it's just, like, uh, it's so painful. Yeah. I just, I mean, again, I want to just go back really fast to just, like, Thor as a superhero has never made sense to me. It's, like, it would almost be equivalent actually no because like thor is like a god in his own right i was gonna say it's like if you had hercules as like one of the avengers they do have hercules ugh, as one of the avengers. see that just really annoys me that's so annoying because it's like i mean it's like hercules is a demigod so it's kind of not the same thing but because it it's like i don't know it just feels like this real tangible thing it would almost be like if you had jesus as an avenger Oh, and our newest Avenger, Yahweh, or oh. Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> He's just like a confused Middle Eastern guy in a robe. He's <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? What is going on right yeah, here? like, we heard you were the Messiah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's, I think, why it's so confusing to me is because Thor is actually, like, he is a, I mean, I guess... This might be going, like, a little... It's maybe stretching this a little far, but he's kind of a religious figure in a way. Uh, I don't think anymore. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's just, like, doesn't that... It just seems weird. It just seems like all the other Avengers are sort of, like, creations, you know? It was like, okay, you have Iron Man. He's, like, a rich billionaire. Like, he, he he's has... He's an arms of, dealer. Yeah, he's an evil mean, yeah. He has a bunch of tech, whatever. Captain America... He's, like, you know, a soldier. I don't know. You have the Hulk, who's, like, this guy who's, like, a scientist. And That's have... a Mr. Jekyll, or in doc- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation yeah. right there is the Hulk. No, yeah. That's, I mean, but also he's not just straight up called Mr. Hyde. That's why I was, like, what the fuck? Anyway, but, like, but Thor is, like, a god. He, like, he has his own shit going on on Asgard. And, like, I get that that's the whole, like, um, story arc for Thor is that, yes, he comes to Earth and he's moved by the plight of humans and he wants to help and he learns humility and whatever. And, like, I get that and I think that that is, like, somewhat compelling, but at the same time, it's just, like, it's just never made sense to me. It's just never made sense that Loki or Thor or, like, these gods would get mixed up in, like, the sort of trifling, just, like, you know, bullshit human issues. Yeah, but... You're looking at it as a sort of like, oh, this was all planned out from the beginning. And I feel like that's a view, a point of view that we get these days because everything in corporate Marvel is so planned out from their movies to their events. Like everything is so meticulously planned out and there's this illusion that it's all connected. But at the time, you have to remember, they're basically shooting these comics out into the dark, right? They're like, 
here's 22 pages, here's 15 pages in some rag that maybe a couple kids will read, and then they're getting the sales figures three months later, and it's like, so Thor, originally, he was in a Tales to Astonish. He was just a, a story in this thing about a, like a, a crippled doctor who encounters some alien stone men, you know, like, yeah. and he basically is trapped in this cave. He picks up a walking stick and in frustration kind of hits it against the wall. Mm. Turns out it's a magical hammer that, you know, is enchanted and he's Thor, fights off the aliens. It's a very simple, crude story. And then I have to imagine that they got the sales numbers back a few months later and were like, okay, people seem to like this Thor character. So they put him in some more comics. He fought some lame bad guys like Mr. Hyde and Cobra. You know, it's like, and and they just kept kind of building on this mythology as it went. And so now it, we're kind of at, at this point where it's like, we're looking back and thinking like, oh, this has all been planned, and but it's, it hasn't. You know? I mean, I almost like that better. Like, I would have liked... Because, um, I mean, at the this is kind of a Thor origin story, the what we read this week, Thor, um, Mighty Avenger, where it's like, I feel like I would have almost preferred it to be like the Doctor storyline, where it's like, it makes sense, where it's like, this is like a, a human who he is then imbued with the power of Thor, like he's wielding Thor's weapon, he is, he is pure enough of heart that he can like control the mighty hammer, like I almost like Excalibur in a way like that to me I think is a way more compelling story than like Thor is a a literal god from Asgard who has come down to earth to fight crime that to me like has never checked out I wish that it was more like like just a regular dude no I got a hard disagree with you there <laughs> I think like what's interesting about Thor I like that the Marvel Thor is so clearly its own thing and that stems partially from like jack kirby's imagination where he's a very well-read person creating these comics and he ends up just taking some influence like this thor visually is so different from the actual norse myth god or norse god thor who's got like red hair and a beard and is like mm. like his huge temper well i mean is that is i mean is that just one person's interpretation or is he known to look that way? that's how he looks he's sort of like a burly oh, so bearded him yeah oh so you know thor yes okay <laughs> which is why i know that this is the comic he would have wanted no. <laughs> oh no, Kirby is a guy with his head in the galaxies, you know, and he's like drawing these almost like stream of consciousness comics, I would imagine. And so Maybe it's like he was on drugs. I doubt it. He was pretty square, I think. Mm. But man, like or so we So think. The, these worlds he envisioned are like influenced by the Norse myths, but they're so clearly his own, like the ornamented armor, the like this like and then like you throw in a little bit of Stan Lee's hamminess where he's adding like Elizabethan Shakespearean dialogue and it's like so you can almost look at, like, the Norse gods from Marvel Comics as, like, almost like an advanced alien race rather than gods. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and I, you definitely get a flavor of that in the movies, I think. But I've never... I don't like that. I've never liked that aspect of man, it. Man, I'm there for it. Like, giant battles, Ragnarok, like, the world serpent. Like, I'm... I mean, it's like, that is cool within, like, the Norse mythology context but like when you make it into this weird alien thing i mean again i hate space i don't know maybe that's just part of it i think that the whole like doctor alter ego thing is a little bit tired and like it's a little bit trite where he's like i have to my hammer has to return to me in 60 seconds or i revert back to dr donald blake oh see that is a weird element but i i think that the part of it that resonates the most with me is sort of the excalibur element where it's like you have 
like a Peter Parker, you know, some kind of like, it doesn't even have to be a doctor, just some sort of like, yeah, I'm so weak and powerless. And then he like gets the hammer and then it's like, he becomes like this God. Like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just a sucker for like those kind of like full redemption, not redemption, but like, um, I'm it's that fan- entire montage in Hercules that's set to the song sung by Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for me, Thor is cool because like, He's this honorable, noble god, and he's always going to fight for what's right against overwhelming forces, and that's kind of like his nobility and his power and his strength, and his like call to defend the helpless is what's interesting to me. He's like a cooler Superman, in my in my opinion. And I know you hate Superman. I mean, that's really not hard to do, though. Uh, who do you think would win in a fight? Superman or Thor? Yeah. Probably Thor, because I yeah. feel like he'd be willing to fight dirty. No, he wouldn't fight dirty. I think he would. I think he'd be like, fuck you, you, like, soft boy Superman. Like, he would just take his hammer and just, like, just, yeah, I think he would, like... I don't think they'd fight at all. I think they'd have a, like, an... Uh, like a... a uh, arm wrestling contest or something? Because oh, they, they wouldn't fight. There's no reason for them to fight. They're both... They'd get along famously. No, they wouldn't. They'd hate yeah. each other. No way, man. I but, feel like they wouldn't... No, I don't know. I hate that. I Thor, hate that. Thor would get him drunk. Really? Like, would that yeah. even... Would Superman even tut let let lips of let... Hey, when in Asgard, do as the Asgardians do, you know? <sighs> I'm, like, too tired <laughs> to even about that. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so writing-wise, you did not like the story. Um, I I also was not a fan, as, I've, as we stated before, but it's a shame because Roger Langridge is actually a really good writer. He's a writer-artist from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and... His style is so different from Chris Somney's. It's, like, very hatchy, and, like, you can see the ink nibs and the brushes, and, like, he does more, like... It's almost like vaudeville comics, so I think you'd, you'd hate that. You know, there's a lot of slapsticky elements to it. Okay. Uh, the comic that I resonated with the most was Fred the Clown. So I think that he's got such a unique and creative voice that I didn't, like, now, 10 years later, like, I didn't really care for this kind of, like his foray into like the marvel superheroes i was kind of like i'd rather see some of your own weird kind of off the wall humor and comics he also worked on he did an ad he did he did the muppets for boom studios oh cool and i think that was a really good fit because the muppets are very you know that's more zany yeah that sort of entertainment you know like the whole idea of the muppet show kind of yeah um and so this was kind of like it was okay but it wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah. I honestly am like, why was it so hyped up? I'm trying to, like, think that... Maybe it was just because it was, like, the movies were coming out. It was just, like, something of the time, like... I do... I Well, like, reading comments about, like, why it was canceled, you know? Um, I do... I did come across one, like, sort of salty comic comment from someone saying, like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the fans' fault this thing got canceled. Like, stop telling us what we, quote-unquote, need to read. It's like, we're going to buy what we like, you know? Yeah. And so, like, maybe that's, like, maybe this is a case where, like, the sort of comic media had decided, like, ooh, this ooh, is... this the... is going to be the next thing. We're all going to hype this up. Yeah, and then it's like, maybe the sales just weren't there to match. I mean, I do think that uh, Chris Somney made a career from this book. This was kind of his breakout, uh, his true breakout comic, and that sort of got him a lot of work at marvel in dc afterwards yeah so i think it was a good thing for him i hope the royalty checks keep him and roger uh you know comfortable your good friend roger (laughs) um i like roger roger langridge i think there's a place for him in comics because he does really good creator owned 
stuff. He did uh, he uh, or all ages uh, books. He did uh, Snarked, which was a sort of like prequel to Alice in Wonderland. It follows the Red Queen as a child. Ooh, um, I like that. I I liked it. I tried to support anything he did. He did a he worked on Popeye. Uh, he was the writer on like some new Popeye comics that actually kind of a reverse of this situation where it was supposed to be a miniseries and then it was so popular that it got it became a, a long running series so hmm. um, was this the first run of thor that had come out like in a while maybe that was part of it i think at at this time thor in the main marvel universe he had been killed uh during ragnarok after following yeah. the avengers disassembled storyline and then there was like a, briefly a clone thor running around during civil war and then they finally sort of bring Thor back, and I think that was just before this series. Um, so that's a very continuity-heavy thing, where it's like, oh, you're dealing with the repercussions of Tony Stark made a clone of you, and yeah. like, and there's all this other like, you had died, but now you're Thor? back. And was no, they the no, they didn't do <laughs> Fat Thor. How no. did you feel about Fat Thor? I didn't like that in the movies. I feel like it was a little bit played too much for laughs. Mm-hmm. I like to see Thor as like a powerful figure, you know. Yeah. And so to see him kind of as a depressed love, it just didn't feel like Thor to me. So okay, um, but I don't really begrudge anyone who liked it or thought it was funny. I just kind of, mm-hmm. I wish that he had sort of like had that you know Eye of the Tiger montage where it's like okay he's back now right. you know. And also it's like he's a god. Wouldn't he just be able to kind of like run around a few laps and just get back in shape well what about volstag the lion of asgard that big fat guy with the you know he's a god that's true Um, he's such a funny character i like him because he's actually like he's played in in other comics as like at first he was just sort of that bumbling coward who was always talking about how brave he was Mm -hmm. but then you actually kind of see that he's like got a valiant heart and then it turns out that like He's more of a, like, he's just a really good dad. Like, he's got, he's got this, like, he's got this kind of chubby wife that he loves. Yeah. And they're just really sweet together, and they, like, they raise their kid. Uh, Yeah, it's really cool. Like, Volstagg is maybe one of my favorite, because he was such a shallow, one-dimensional character when he first was created. Yeah. And then they give him some real depth. He does show up in this comic, which I I thought that was interesting, because also... Didn't they turn one of those friends into a woman in the in the movies? No, uh, you're thinking of Lady Sif. Um, oh yeah, she was Thor's love interest in Asgard, kind of. Oh. I'm Team Sif when it comes to uh, when it comes to Jane versus Sif. Like I'm all yeah. about like, dude, have the two of them running around like killing frost giants and fighting dragons and stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. I'm with you where I think Jane Foster is a little bit boring. I think when you don't have Donald Blake. It doesn't really it make, doesn't sense. make sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense to have like you can, you can update her. You can make her an astronomer. You can make her a museum curator. Yeah. She was. She started off as um. She was the sort of lovesick nurse, the assistant to Doctor yeah. Donald Blake, who like if only he'd realize I love him. And it's like, there's not really a place for that in comics anymore. Yeah. To be played by Vanessa Hudgens like on Netflix coming this fall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 Love on Thursday night or something oh, like that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, God, that was so bad. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we talked about the story a little bit too much now. So. Let's talk about the art. You have to admit the art was pretty good. Yeah, like I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the cover was kind of cool. The cover basically is like a picture of Thor sort of like smashing his hammer and there's this kind of like crazy rainbow and then Odin sort of ominously in the background. I did 
like a lot of the art sometimes I felt like it fell into um newspaper comic strip sort of hey 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 that's what I'm here for yeah I was not I didn't love that did you really get newspaper comic strip yeah well just like his faces were sometimes too simplified and I feel like the colors also didn't really help it in any way I felt like it made it just kind of like look really blocky and sort of washed out but I mean aside from those sort of like nitpicky problems with it like I feel like it, it he has a cool art style like it was definitely I was definitely enjoying it while I was also reading the story yeah Chris Somney is top notch in my book I've kind of cooled on him a little bit but I think that's just like when you have like a favorite tv show and it's you know it's like oh my god this is so good this is crazy and you like watch it and it's so consistently good that eventually you're kind of like it's like it's good yeah that's kind of where i'm at with him but i i do think like what i appreciate about him as opposed to like a traditional comic artist is that he's a lot more expressive Mm -hmm. i don't know that he has a background in animation but he definitely like it feels like his he has a pretty good mastery over like emotions and sort of like you know you can kind of get these like pregnant pauses with the characters kind of looking down or to the side like whereas i feel like when a lot of standard comic book art is like you're kind of trying to go like either photorealistic and everything looks kind of stiff and like unemotional or or you're like you you're so hyper idealized and like you've got like one model for every character in the book like i think he has good He's got good normal people, he's got good idealized figures, and then he's got a mix of body types. And he can draw the fuck out of, like, buildings and backgrounds, too. Like, I think he, d- he does a lot of brushwork mm-hmm. with, like, a Pentel brush pen. And, like, yeah, you kind of look at something, you're like, oh, that's a tree, or oh, that's, like, brickwork. And then you're like, oh, it's actually just a smudge of ink. And so yeah, he does, he's got a really good job of, like, he does a good job of, like, making things look real without yeah without uh, overworking them almost like yeah. or getting way too lost in the details exactly yeah, yeah. He's, he suggests a lot of stuff in his which mind. i really like that's the kind of like art style that i i really like i think though that the masters of that and that i've yet to see in anything that we've read on this podcast since then was probably last man no. oh yeah yeah last man yeah like the way that they did their drawing was so simplistic and like so gestural but it conveyed like so much and i feel like when we talk about these artists who have this like sort of simple style i feel like i'm always comparing them to that just because i feel like that was probably the pinnacle of like this efficient yeah yeah just it conveys a lot but it's just like just these kind of quick brush strokes chris somney has wanted to be a comic artist since he was about six years old Mm -hmm. and he would like hounded a bunch of artists at conventions like when he was like 10 you know just like how do i break in what do i need to learn and they're like good for him so there was this one artist who i can't believe him i can't believe his name escapes me but he you know was answering the questions and he ended up giving this kid like he's like here this is what we draw on and he gave him some like official marvel comic boards the 11 by 14s and uh and chris somebody like he like he's like oh my god you know it's got the marvel marvel logo printed on it and it's like mm-hmm. and all this and he he never drew on it because it was too much pressure but he still kept them which i think is kind of cool i would feel that too it, it's funny because it's like you would have had to know giving a kid those artboards it's like he's never gonna draw on these like or if he did it, that would know, be yeah. yeah oh my god i would never draw on them that would be so much pressure i think it's cool that he kept them though it is yeah um, i love that and also that's kind of like this really cool like historical item 
I think he's got a good sense of design. I like the way he draws clothes. Like, I like the folds and fabrics in his clothes. I'm going to be honest, I didn't actually notice that that much, but that's, yeah. I, I think, like, uh, just the way he draws capes is pretty cool. And, like, mm-hmm. also, one thing that's cool about this Thor design is yeah. that it is a mashup of the classic Thor Kirby run with the blue tights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as like uh, the Oliver Coipiel redesign where he's more wearing like armor and mail and then also like a little bit of the movie sprinkled in there so I think it's a nice mashup uh, he talked about having to fight to keep those blue pants you know with editors oh, really? yeah because they're a bit silly <laughs> yeah uh, I can see that but I, I don't know like they they harken back to like you know when superheroes wore tights exclusively yeah, yeah. caped crusaders yeah I, I actually I have this one Thor comic uh, from a I think it's an atlantis attacks like miniseries or something way back in the the 90s but it like there's a miscolor there where they uh they misprinted so thor's blue tights are printed as skin color oh no so he so he's flying through the sky and it just looks like he's wearing these like in like, like little like, like a tight tiny. onesie like a snug really you know oh, no. and then these really high boots with the sort of yellow oh, wrap around no. it it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen oh um, yikes I think we've come to that point in the podcast. Oh, you mean... Beyond the panel! Yes, Justin. Beyond the panel. Um, This week, what are we talking about? You know, life is a balance. <laughs> it's good and it's bad. So what do you want first, the good or the bad? I mean, obviously the bad. Picard, man. Uh, we watched that CBS All Access new show, Picard. Uh, it's really bad. You basically get to watch this actress drag around Sir Patrick Stewart for like an entire hour as he was like shuffling along being like, slow down, young lady. It's like, oh, just, just let waited. the man rest. They just waited too long to make it. He's just like 10 years too old for this it's role. It's so true. Maybe even 20 years too old. It's just yeah. like the jacket. He's like wearing this Indiana Jones jacket as he's like shuffling along. He's like, data. Like that that right there, that's the summary of the entire first episode. Data. It, it's just so like cliched. Like they try to do that whole like, ah, uh, mysterious young person that needs to be protected for mysterious reasons but they actually know kung fu and they're an efficient you know they have abilities far beyond and the government's hunting them down also she's the daughter of a beloved character who also they bring back and let me tell you data has not aged well like get some cgi on that shit like it's just like it's bad i'm surprised they didn't he had that. He looks old, which he is. It's been twenty years. Well, it's what I call the Alec Baldwin syndrome. Oh yeah, puffy man face. Yeah, it's just puffy man face. It's like he's just puffier. Yeah. And like, but it's like he's an android, so he's not supposed to age or like any. And so he's like, you know, he's very svelte in the show, yeah. which makes sense because he's younger then. But now it's like, dude, it just you're kind of popping out over the collar of his. And also, it's like we've all got these like high definition TVs. So it's like we can see everything. Like you can see his fucking pores. It was not. It I was, was a little sad after well. watching it because I was like, I know. Well, you were so excited. Yeah, but I knew from the trailers. Like I knew from the trailers that it wasn't going to be very good. And then I, I was like, well, I'm really curious. And I kind of built it up. I was like, maybe it's good. Maybe they just cut the trailers that way so that yeah, it'll look you know, so it was it would have mass appeal. Yeah. And it it just looked. Uh, here's the one thing I will say that they did really well. I think it was kind of cool that tech, like our uh, effects have now progressed to the point where like you can actually show some of the stuff that Star Trek, the technology in Star Trek without it looking really hokey and fake. Yeah. You can show like 
a little beam of light that sort of knits skin together. You can show like self-assembling puzzle. Like there's all sorts of cool stuff that they can do that they couldn't do, you know, in, in 1987 and beyond. Yeah. That was cool, but like there's just not enough substance there for me to invest myself in it. So that's the bad. That yeah. was that was really that hard was to really watch. terrible. I mean, I am not a Star Trek fan. I never have been. I, never I know, will be. and it hurts me inside. I know. Look, the farthest I'll go is like Deep Space Nine is fine. I'm also a little bit over these kind of like uh, streaming war reboot things where it's just like let's just let it die. I'm not gonna pay five ninety nine a month or whatever the cost is. Oh for, yeah, to like. To watch one show, and then it's like, and that show's not even good. It's like, I immediately canceled my free trial after. So All right, good. now tell me the good, yeah. Oh, the good is that Han and I are featured at the Eureka Valley Public Library. We uh, we are filling the display cases there. It's true. Hannah's got her paper houses on display. They look awesome. Oh, that's really nice. And then I've got a... Um, sort of a how to make comics like an overview of the process yeah uh with some of my original art and it looks great yeah oh i'm sorry i should say some of our original art my brother and i work on this comic together i'm not taking all the credit wow (laughs) no it's fine jeremy never listens to our podcast that's right (laughs) i did it all jeremy's just a stan lee stealing (laughs) all the credit um yeah, it looks great. No, it um, looks cool. The library, the guy Casey at the library was pretty psyched on it. Yeah, they're gonna promote it on their website, and I love public. I love public libraries. You do. It's like if I had to put it in like the top five things that you love, libraries would be one of them. You can get everything there. Yeah, I think it would be comics number one, spam musubi, public libraries, ooh, Star Trek. Hey. Hana's number one. Aw, that's yeah. sweet. I'll put me as five. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this has been Comics Bay. Pick up comics at your local library or the nearest comic shop. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Comics Bay Podcast. Um, or, yeah, that's our only social media, so go do that. <laughs>